0: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 2, Episode 14. Bob Justman, TNG Bible Revisions, January 25th, 1987. Welcome to The Trek
1: Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Check, Larry Nemeczek. Welcome back, Star Trek background fans, Star Trek fans of all stripes, all you canonistas, and yes, you trechophiles with an F. We've got another one of those developmental memos from the early roots of Next Generation, late 86 and early 87, and another wonderful Bob Justman memo to Gene, As they are struggling and evolving what we would all know as The Next Generation. Still seminal times. This is a memo that I was able to access when I was writing The Next Generation Companion. (laughs) But I had forgotten the detail until we pulled it out and looked at it again today. I hope you will enjoy this. And once again, if we're accused of being the Bob Justman fan club HQ, I will gladly take that on. Uh, Give a listen, and then I'll be right back with this week's guest.
0: In attempting to reach a final geographical layout for the new Enterprise Bridge, Eddie Milkus and I have found certain anomalies in the present design, which we will discuss with you. Arising from these anomalies comes a question which needs resolution. Namely, what are the true functions of all our regular cast members and where are their usual duty stations? Well, welcome back, Truckophiles. I I always say this.
1: We always uh, remind you that you can see the entire document at our Facebook page, The Trek Files, Facebook.com/slash The Trek Files. But uh, you really, we're going to be talking about this whole document. It's only uh, two and a, and a fraction pages. But the bottom line is, aside from saying, "Ooh, ooh, that's where that happened. <laughs> that's where that came about." It really sheds light on the brain trust from the small group of people that were that were putting uh, Next Generation together here. Eddie Milkus is mentioned here. Eddie Milkus had been a post-production coordinator on the original series who had gone off and, and, well, I guess he'd made a good name for himself in Hollywood. He'd been associated with a couple of little shows you may have heard of, uh, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Mark and Mindy. Uh, <laughs> he did not need to come back at 86 and 87 and work with Gene, but he did it as a favor. And was gone fairly soon, and was replaced quote unquote by a guy you may have heard of a studio guy they pulled in for the job named Rick Berman who was on who was on the on the ball on the team here within another couple months but Bob justman 's talking about he and Eddie being uh, the the nuts and bolts here and and John Champion is our guest this week. you all know John from uh, Mission Log and Mission Log Live every Tuesday night. Uh, John, this is another one of those evolutionary moments in what we all know now as next generation I just love because we have such great documentation for it.
0: Here's here's what's so cool. Thank you By the way, here's what I <laughs> so love about this memo um, First of all, it's a Bob Jossman memo. So, you know, it's going to be well thought out. You know, it'll be well written um, And very insightful um, I I too I, I will be a charter member of the Bob <laughs> Jossman fan club that you have started um but I think what's neat about this is that this is a, a memo where creativity and logistics collide. Mm-hmm. So you do have that brain trust. You have Eddie. You've got Gene. Uh, you've got Bob. Then you, you have the lunch crowd. So Dorothy, David writing their stuff and saying, hey, we talked about this. We talked about this. What if the holodeck does this? What mm-hmm. you know?" So all these creative ideas are flowing. And at that point, it's kind of in a vacuum. Right, mm-hmm. because we we don't have we don't have sets built. We don't have very specific uh, uh, stories written yet. We don't know the interaction. We don't have a cast yet. We just have names on a page. So what Bob is doing here is he says, uh, "Okay, I'm going to put my producer hat on and realize that we we only have so many standing sets." We only have so much time. He says specifically, we have 43 minutes per episode. (laughs) A syndicated hour. In our syndicated hour, as opposed to the 52 to 55 they could knock out on TOS. Right. Um, We have to get people from point A to point B to drive the plot along. So let me suggest that the bridge, which we know is a standing set, will work this way with these people on it. I I love this. It is a great look at how something as simple as character blocking will affect a story. And this is... The whole whole layout and premise of a series. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And uh, we, we get things here that are... Uh, like uh, we can go into to detail on each character, but particularly Troy is the one that he Troy is the one that this that this pops up. Yeah, with. he he absolutely nails. He says we have to have her here. She has to be to the left of the captain. She has to have her insight, and here's why. The others he gets totally wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, things
0: are in flux, and let's. Yeah, let me, yeah.
1: And let me back up here. One thing they did have. This is January '87. They mm-hmm. have been meeting since late October. Mm-hmm. They put out a rough draft uh, writer's guide already. They have done that. We still have Riker with a Y. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and we have Macha Hernandez, right. Which would stay as the security chief uh, as an as an homage to um, to to aliens, yep. aliens too. Yeah. Uh, until casting. Uh, we are back right, to Wesley. Of course, that's
0: the character that became Tasha Yar. Ta- though, Tasha Yar, uh, security chief, not yes. paying attention. Masha yes. became Tasha. Yeah. <laughs> we're
1: back to being Wesley here, not Leslie, right? The girl, the girl prodigy. That now we're back to the boy prodigy. Yeah. But what they had, they did have a couple of months of. I mean, Andy Probert and Mike Akuda were on staff. Some of the art people were there for conceptualizing, mm-hmm. and they what they did have to work with, and what they are pushing against, because he talks about a current theory here that they're changing. He did have the initial, uh, you know, so much of what they're doing right now is still in the, it has to be totally different from the original series while it's being exactly the same. The way they define characters and positions like no chief engineer, no Vulcans, you know, or the the medical doctor will even be a lesser character. We're going to redefine the job positions as a way to redefine characters and, and character archetypes. And all of that. And we're going to make sure the captain does not beam down to every landing party slash away mission, right? Until he does. Until he does. (laughs) Until the actor's needs take over and we have to do some uh, uh, sex and shooting. Sex and shooting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jumping and fighting. But what they had established so far was Gene's desire to have this be the ship that runs itself. He didn't want it to be the submarine, the battleship, the 60s-looking version of the Enterprise what he was working with conceptually was the full the, the floor-to-ceiling uh, view screen, mm-hmm. the loungy kind of living room of the future. We're all just kind of sitting around, and the ship runs itself, and we barely interact when we can, and we can focus on ourselves.
0: Well, and it's interesting because, okay, he's got Geordie. Sitting in uh, one of the two front chairs. Right. So they've evolved at the point where there's only three chairs, and then two
1: down front to the screen.
0: Right. Right. And they're quibbling over those. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the three in the center with the with uh, the captain in the dead center, and then you have the two up front. So you've got Macha in one of those front chairs, and Jordy in the other front chair. And he says, "Jordy, (laughs) has the dual responsibility of helm and communications." So, uh, but uh, under the premise that, well, the ship is pretty much doing everything already. Mm -hmm. It's really only the captain who might change course. And once that's punched in, you're good to go. So, yes, that would leave the person at the helm with a lot of free time. But really, we didn't end up with that. But really, the, uh, the communications job wasn't a job anymore on that bridge. Pretty much anybody could pick up a call from anywhere, and I think more times than not, it, it was wharf and It was the tactical horseshoe. Yeah, it was right. tactical. Who was saying?
1: Which is not that there's no tactical horseshoe here yet.
0: Right, right. Well, th- He's talking ramp. about the ramps yeah.
1: and two levels. Yeah, yeah, But there's no station at the back. But the other big thing here is they're envisioning that the three chairs, captain and first officer to the right, but mm-hmm. that data would be. Well, or it, even data. If you read, yeah, right, right. read the you know, those writers' guides earlier on, yeah, data does everything. Has the third else. chair
0: in yeah. the command circle, and it even describes that it might be a, a, a moving chair that kind of slides around those consoles. Well, he's talking about moving data to the aft stations. Yeah, yeah, and then and, doing everything, and then doing everything. Engineering back systems control, life support control. Which, yeah, I mean, you, you have the computer running the computer at that point right. to make sure all of that is happening.
1: He, yeah. and, and I don't know. I'm, I was going back and looking to how much of the Android in Search of His Humanity. I think that's in there. Mm. But when you read these overt descriptions of the character, it's all just it's it's a glorification of Galaxy Quest. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's just repeating what anyone could go and look at, you know could yeah. go look up. And the the ship that runs itself with a voice. He's,
0: yeah, right. it's like
1: the Borg Queen for Starfleet. I mean, it's, right, 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 You know,
0: it's just he's just the voice of that. And, and in this respect, Data would not be a part of away missions. Right. Uh, he... Yeah. Yeah. He would just be there, and and he's he even says it's like Jack Webb, just the facts. That's what Data is there for. So everybody's away on on a way mission. Picard can just turn around and say, "Give me the facts," and Data says, "Here's what's happening." Okay, done. That's it. <laughs> that's that's all Data has to do. <laughs> well, My and then, and again, changed.
1: they're 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 they're. They're fleshing all this out. They're trying to figure out the best dynamic. But again, they have Macha, the security chief. So imagine Tasha Yar mm-hmm. down front where she's the security chief. He's saying she should be weapons control yeah. and have her down front. So you're, you're harking back to Sulu yeah. at the front, yeah, at the yeah, front yeah. two chairs. Yeah. But, th- but again, you're seeing the dynamic of Jean's idealistic, this should be the ship that runs itself. We're all just having a good time with our families off somewhere on the ship. You know, letting technology run things until our, human, our humanity is needed versus the reality of, like you said, Bob Justman jumping up and going, OK, we're going to pay these people yeah. to be regular cast members and hope our audience gets invested in them. Yeah. So we kind of need to have them there. And, and, but Bob is the one standing back and saying, OK, we've got Picard, Data, and Riker pinned down. What about Troy, Macha, and Geordi? Where do they hang out? He's trying to find them places, but it's hand in hand the the geography and and the role function. Because Geordi, he's also saying, okay, Hellman Communications, in this memo, he's proposing that he be an ombudsman because we have this huge crew, mm-hmm. and and he says, I would almost say give it to Troy. But she's so fleshed out, we don't need... I mean, this is so funny, because yeah. who's the one that almost gets written out the first thing. I, I yeah. know, right? They're, they're right. leaning so much here still on Troy and her empathy. Yeah, They don't realize how that's all going to blow up as being impractical or, or at times ridiculous. Right. And they will want that that vision. But then you spin up to see Troy. they have They, they describe her as being the ship's sociologist and being responsible for a thousand souls on the ship. And she's going to represent and speak up for the crew, which now I look back. thats And that's exactly what she did. And mm-hmm. they went to that function later mm-hmm. on. Uh, counselor, can you go help prepare the crew for this whatever we're about to do? Right. Yes, Captain. For or, the self-destruct Captain, Captain, that we just yeah, announced. Right,
0: right, <laughs> right. right, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Captain, I'm feeling the crew, and they're feeling very afraid. Yeah. So I don't understand what Bob was thinking an ombudsman would do. I guess the ombudsman would be the non-empathic ombudsman and but yeah. as it turned out, they didn't they didn't you know and, and kudos to LaFar Burton for, for making Geordie much more you know, as as the mm-hmm. LaForge letters we had a few mm-hmm. episodes back mm-hmm. talk about, uh, bringing so much more to that character and what they what they did that put him in the position by seasons in to make him chief engineer and, and get him off the bridge. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and poor Wesley.
0: and oh, oh Wesley, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't can't miss Wesley here. Yeah. Has no assigned place, but can pretty much do anything. So that that's not off track.
1: But, and he'll and he'll yeah. prove his capability over time, and yeah. uh, our youngster audience will empathize with him and anticipate his being assigned important duties. Yeah. And again, at the very beginning, Beverly was just there to be Wesley's mom. And to and to cement the Jack Crusher backstory, she gets two sentences. here. Right.
0: she has right. no assigned place on the bridge. She hangs out and in sickbay sick and comes in for dramatic, dramatic purposes, purposes. <laughs> which is funny to me for a lot of reasons. Because of course, anytime you needed a dramatic reaction on TOS, you just you made sure that D. Kelly was on the bridge. You made sure mm-hmm. that you had Doctor McCoy because he's got to react even if it made no sense for him to be on the bridge. So he's not totally off base there. But yeah, this is clearly not a fleshed out thing at this point. You're, you're, yeah. And um, I mean, it shocks people that...
1: Now, part of that's because we got used to the idea of having two female characters. Here, they're mm-hmm. clearly leaning and thinking that Troy and Macha would be the dominant of the female characters, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Beverly less so. I mean, I don't think they're going to hang around to drive, but their thinking and evolution was clearly leaning into... Yeah. To, To Mach and Troy.
0: Now, it's interesting that he wraps this up by saying, as I mentioned before, you have this time limit. It's a tighter uh, time limit than they had on TOS. Um, But he's saying, like, the less time that we spend on geography and exposition, the more time we'll have for exciting storytelling. Interesting to me because I, I think one of the differences with TNG compared to TOS is it has a little more mellow pace. Very often on TOS, you jump right into the action. There's, a, mm-hmm. it's just a, a faster cut show. TNG, at least early on, there's a lot of people sitting around talking. There's a lot of just getting from point A to point B. So, Are this, you saying there's a lot of stories trying to figure out how to have themselves be written? Uh, maybe I'm saying that. <laughs> maybe that'll <laughs> pop up in another memo or 10 down the road. Or season or two. <laughs> or season or two, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so interesting that he says that because, again, he's not wrong at all. Um, so he, he, he wants to make sure that he 's got the right people in place on this bridge uh, in, in order to drive the action so you get the exposition sort of out of the way um, but interesting to me, the things that changed from this memo and he 's making suggestions mm-hmm. based on that first revision of the uh, of the uh, the series Bible. Then there's going to be obviously several more revisions down the road until you solidify who's going to be on that bridge, thus who's actually driving the episode action. Right. This is
1: this is there are basically three on paper defined writers guides in the evolution, one in December-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is on the eve of the February 4th version yeah, 2, basically. Super close. Yeah. And then March 23rd, they put out the final one, which is the one that went out to writers when they were trying to pitch mm-hmm. and get and get writers in the door and get on with the show. Uh, but again, to see Bob Justman putting into writing, no, Troy should be in that third show, yeah. in that third seat. Yeah. Um, because that's he's not saying we need something to define this series. But even though Troy was almost written out the first season, when they took away her, her empathy as a dramatic point, that is one of the defining moments of, of Next Generation, is, is elevating mental health and, and, and crew outlook and separating it from not only our times, but from the 60s track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just a slice of life of Evelyn. It's like examining the strata in a cut <laughs> of rock. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So thanks, John, for joining in for this other look at the ongoing evolution of Next Generation among all the many file folders here in in Gene's archives. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Additional production by Ken Ray. All documents are available at Facebook.com slash The Trek Files. For more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me at larrynimichek.com.
0: Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.